Welcome to a teaser episode of this week's Datology Coach podcast. To listen to the full episode, subscribe to our Substack at datologycoach.substack.com. Look for a link in the episode description to subscribe at 20% off. Happy Monday, Nuggets. Um, I hope you guys fared well. If you're in New York City or if you were anywhere where that was affected by the rain, it was crazy here. I had to stay in mostly with the dogs for most of the weekend, which was stressful. But here we are. Uh, I'm going to jump in to a post on dating over 40. And it's for, from a woman. And the headline is, what happened? I, a 41-year-old female, matched with this guy, 42-year-old male, on Hinge. And we texted daily for two weeks. Normally, I don't like to talk for that long before meeting, but we both had things going on, so it just worked out that way. So we were texting every day with good morning and good night texts. He asked very in-depth questions about a lot of things, including past relationships. I had a very bad marriage with someone who had borderline personality disorder, and I answered honestly. I've been divorced for almost six years, so none of this is fresh or an issue now. He knew everything before the date. I sent photos without makeup before the date everything. We met finally and the date seemed great and lasted for four hours. We had coffee, lots of laughs, eye contact, no awkward silence, etc. We were deciding if we were going to get dinner together and he suddenly got really weird. He said he didn't feel well, had to go to the bathroom, went to the bathroom, came back and still couldn't decide if he wanted to have dinner or go home. I went to the bathroom and as I was coming back, it seemed like he took a photo of me. Then he asked if I'd be upset if he went home because he wasn't feeling well. I said, of course not. He asked for a hug. I gave him one and he said, talk to you later. Since then, he's been short. He apologized for being weird because he didn't feel good. But there hasn't been any more good morning or good night texts. If I don't text, he doesn't. So I've backed way off. Do I ask what happened or just allow him to ghost? He had added me to Facebook already too. This just seems like an abrupt change in the last five minutes of our date. Okay. So this is a great example of why you do not engage or invest a great deal of time in somebody until you meet them, because this was a case of two people who got very caught up in the perceived connection. And then when they met, he decided there was no physical, there was no physical chemistry. Now, I don't know about the whole picture taking thing. If he was taking a picture, that's just weird. And you don't want anything, anything to do with him anyway. But it sounds to me like he showed up on the date and because you guys had invested so much time and because there was such great rapport, he he stuck it out on that date, hoping that he would start feeling what he needed to feel in order to keep things going. And he just didn't. And so he politely excused himself. And he ended the date. And there's really nothing wrong with what he did. And there's really nothing wrong with what she did. But to me, it sounds like he was trying to, he was really hoping that a spark would ignite and it just didn't. And so he sort of called it, right? He called it after a certain point. It is, for me, it is a big, big red flag when somebody is willing to invest that kind of time into a stranger, right? Because someone looking for a relationship, they're moving offline as quickly as possible. They just are. Unless the woman has some some kind of hesitation, unless there's some kind of um, extenuating circumstance, people are moving offline fairly quickly. They're not dragging things out. 
people who are available, it's that line in When Harry Met Sally. When you meet the person you want to spend the rest of your life with, you want the rest of your life to start as soon as possible. And this is what people who are looking for a relationship think. Like, I think this person's great. Let's, let's, let's sort of take this for a road test. So I'm always very suspect of people who invest so much time because that to me says that's somebody who like, they're just sort of using the other person for validation, attention to fill a void. And in my opinion, the longer you go where you have this uh, offline uh, online rapport, the less likely there's going to be rapport in person because your brain can't help but fill in the blanks and build up this and build up this idea of you and them together in their head. And unfortunately, more often than not, the reality just never, never meets uh, the fantasy or matches the fantasy. So I don't think this was, I think this was just a case of he was trying to see if something like physically things would, would, um, would work out and they just didn't. Uh, and if he was taking a picture, I, I don't know. I don't know if he was taking pictures so he could show people and be like, do you think, and what do you think? And if so, fuck that guy, no adult should be doing that. It just sounds like a case of um, somebody who built something up in their mind and then rea- then reality didn't, didn't match the fantasy. Now here's an article from Melissa Alvarez on Medium, and the title is, You Need to Choose Better Men. And the subtitle is, Do We Need to Choose Better Men, or Do, we, or do Men Need to Be Better? And she goes, into, uh, about, she goes into an article that she read by another author on the app, who's, uh, she says, the article goes into detail about how Yael's dating history has completely turned her off to romantic relationships. Uh, she illustrates a sense of apathy, a numbness, and then says, the comment section on this article was incredibly intriguing to me. It's important to note that I'm not a regular reader of Yael's work. Now, I've read quite a bit of Yael's work. She's also on TikTok. Uh, she also blocked me because she only wants people to compliment her in, in the in the comments. Um, based on what commenters have said, Yael has been speaking about the same relationship for a while. She's harped on how toxic it was and how it changed her outlook on men. It's alleged she keeps dating the same types of men, but refuses to take out accountability for her choices. Now, as someone who has read a, a fair amount of Yale's work, I'm going to agree with this. She does seem to date the same guys, and she is in the same loop over and over and over again. Uh, so that being said, uh, some women blame her lack of accountability as the problem. They allude to her own toxic nature being the culprit in her dating woes. And then someone says, no matter, and this is a commenter, no matter how many times the same failed relationship scenario plays out exactly the same way as all the others, she still cannot seem to learn that she is the problem. Yael has been stuck in this loop for decades. Okay, that's where I'm going to stop. Because I don't like framing Yael as the problem. As though um, she's getting involved with men that treat her well, and she's just, um, she's too toxic. Because that's not the case. I do notice that Yael dates unavailable men. Um, And so that doesn't mean she's the problem. If you find yourself constantly dating the same type of person and and it's toxic or it's 
unfulfilling uh, or it's unstable in some way, it doesn't mean you are the problem. It means that you're drawn to certain characteristics and traits of a person and a relationship and that that preference has been developed over time and probably has to do with uh, primary caregivers, your attachment style, uh, trauma. It, it's it's not as simple as, oh, you're just attracted to bad people. It's it's not as simple as that. It's a far more layered conversation that requires um, a little bit more sensitivity and unpacking. Because I can understand why sometimes women bristle if someone says, date better men. I understand why they bristle because a lot of the trauma that women experience as 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 you know young adults uh, at dating or even as children, it, it stems from men, and so um, it's not fair to put all of the onus and the responsibility on women. And the article goes on to say the harsh truth is that some people are better for romantic relationships than others. So if you keep having the same experiences in relationships that are unfavorable, so much so that your body is reacting on behalf of your unsound logic, you need to change your vetting process. It, it's no, it's it's not just it's not just vetting. You need to dig in and figure out why you're drawn to these people. And what about these people and these relationships mirror or remind you of previous trauma, of um, of previous trauma, basically? Whether it's that you were cheated on, whether it's that you were stood up a few times, whatever it is, that repetition compulsion can often kick in. That repetition compulsion is when we repeat the same behavior over and over and over again, trying to, trying to, um, trying to heal it, trying to fix it, trying to get it right. And so because our brain loves a good puzzle, you know, it will continue to encourage us to gravitate towards people who uh, probably aren't great for us, but who resemble people from our, uh, from our past that have caused us wounds or have caused us trauma. And we get involved with them to try and figure it out so that we can put it to rest. So it's it's not just about improving or changing your vetting process. It, it goes much, much deeper than that. It, it, it comes down to trying to determine what it is about certain people that intrigues you and why. Why are you drawn to certain people? And what experience encouraged you or informed that that preference it's not it's it's not as simple as you need to date better guys or you need to vet better because listen sociopaths they know how to mask toxic people they know how to mask ted bundy worked for a, a, a woman's crisis line so the bad people, they know how to act. They know how to mimic. So it's not just about vetting. It, it's about getting to the root of why you pursue or engage in certain types of relationships with certain types of people.
I think that it would behoove everybody when a relationship ends, no matter how long or short the relationship, I don't care if it was just somebody you were chatting with online, it would, it would benefit everybody to do some kind of postmortem. What about the interaction did you like? What about the interaction didn't you like? What triggered you? What intrigued you? If you can start to analyze each interaction and figure out why you you stuck with it or why you left, that's going to help you learn why you have certain dating patterns. Whether we realize it or not, a lot of our relationships, a lot of our romantic relationships are, are, are our way of healing a core wound. So the best thing to do if you're, if you're just dating, starting to date again, or if you're currently dating or if you're considering it, first identify whether or not you have any core wounds. You know, for me, core, my core wound is abandonment, is being, being treated like I don't matter. Those are my core wounds. And that comes from you know, losing my mother at such a young age and uh, having my family not react um, when they learned of the sexual abuse that I, that I experienced. Those are my core wounds. Now, that's when we become responsible. We're responsible for healing those wounds. No, another person cannot heal those wounds for us. And we need to take on that responsibility. And you don't have to be fully healed this is this is a myth when people say, oh, I don't think I'm I'm ready. I'm not right there. I'm not there yet. You're, you're never going to be ready. You're never going to lose enough weight. You're never going to have enough money. You're never going to be successful enough. You're never going to be healed enough because heal it's an ongoing process. And, and the more you heal, the more you realize you, ha- you you have more healing to do. So what matters is you're taking on the task of of starting the process. That's what matters. It doesn't matter where you are in the process as long as you're not too fragile or too raw uh, to date. You know, as long as if you start dating, it won't set you back. That's, that's, that's when I would say may, maybe hold off until you're at a place where you feel pretty, pretty steady and like you won't uh, relapse as they say. But, but the beginning is to identify those core wounds and then tend to them. And once you start tending to those core wounds, you're probably going to notice that you're, you're gravitating towards or you're, you're um, being interested in different types of people. Because those bad relationships, those toxic relationships, they're, they're typically our way of trying to heal a core wound. So that's what I have to say on that. Uh, it's not about... It's not as simple as you just pick the wrong people. It, it, it's a very, very layered issue that only we can get to the bottom. And if you, that we can get, only we can get to the bottom of, and hopefully if you can, you know, if you can afford it, it's ideal to do it with a therapist. You might, you know, if you want to, if you want to uh, try, try working on it yourself, you can do that as well. But that's where it starts. Identify the wounds, identify where the wounds come from, um, Identify what your triggers are because of those wounds. And then come up with a, a, like a grounding process to use when you feel triggered. You know, if they have, if they've gone, they've, uh, haven't responded to your text in five hours or three hours and that triggers you and that makes you feel like, oh my God, they've lost interest. Where does that come from? 
find out where that comes from and then, and then work on it and address it and try to talk yourself through it so that when you become triggered, it's not as upsetting. You know, if you can learn how to navigate it or how to confront it, those triggers, you won't have, they won't be as intense anymore. So identify the core wounds, figure out where the core wounds wounds come from, identify the triggers that you experience because of those core wounds and come up with a grounding process for when you're triggered. Those are the four steps to take. And if you can do that, I think you're going to notice that you're going to be, you're going to be drawn to very different people. Okay. Sarah and I will have the full length podcast on Friday. There'll be another nugget on Wednesday, possibly with Sarah. Sarah might be making her little cameo appearance. Until then, follow us on Instagram at DatologyPod. Follow me on Instagram at the Kristen M T H E C H R I S T A N M. Follow me on TikTok at Datology Coach and My Character Analysis. Get a dating profile review. Cuffing season is just about upon us. If you want to make sure that your profile is red flag free, that it attracts the right people, that it turns off or repels the emotionally unavailable types. If you want help determining if someone's going to be wasting your time or not, book a session with me. Go to datologycoach.com. Use the code PODCAST30 to save $30 off of any service. And uh, I guess that's it. Oh, send me your questions. I definitely need more questions. So please send them in. You can either send them to hello at datologycoach.com or send them through the website. All right, guys. Goodbye, my nuggets. We'll see you Wednesday. Value your time, blog witches. (laughs) 